my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I am your host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully you guys are having a great week so far. Um, we have a fantastic show for you today. We had a great guest. Um, I was I was really, really, really happy to have this guest on. Um, Juanita Broderick, the author of the new book, You Better Put Some Ice on That. Um, for anybody who isn't familiar, she is a woman who has extremely credibly accused... Um, former President Bill Clinton of rape back in April of 1978 when he was running for governor of Arkansas. Um, Juanita was more than generous with her time, and, and, and this is a very important episode, guys. Um, uh, I was just happy to have her on to tell her story. Um, everybody needs to hear her story and read her book, um, which you can pick up right now on Amazon. Uh, everybody needs to realize who the Clintons are and what a monster uh, former the former president is. Um, what just a, a horrible, horrible human being. So I was happy to have Juanita on. Um, it, it was great. It was great chatting with her. Um, and she, I mean, she's a she's a grandmother, and she uh, she downloaded Skype on her phone for the first time specifically to do this interview. So <laughs> just so happy to have her on the show. Um, before we get to Juanita, I want to say hi to our sponsors over at Premier Vapor. Premier Vapor is the best e-cig company. In the country, they have the largest selection of premium e-liquids anywhere in the world, um, all made at their lab in California. Um, check them out at premiervaporandlounge.com. They have all anything you need. If, if you want to quit smoking or if you are a vapor, um, anything you need, mods, batteries, coils, tanks, whatever you need, their stuff is delicious. Go to premiervaporandlounge.com, 35% off all orders over 35 bucks and please follow us on twitter at no gimmicks pod if you haven't already please subscribe on itunes or soundcloud if you're on itunes please give us a five-star rating and a good review we would really really appreciate that and check us out if you if you like the content the content will always be free the show will always be free twice a week monday and wednesday afternoons but if you like the content and want to get involved um check us out on patreon patreon.com slash the no gimmicks podcast you can support us monthly over there and there's incentives if you do so um you get to be involved in our listener mail section that we are going to start doing every wednesday at the end of the show um and we're launching a merch store very shortly really excited about that and you get you know discounts on merch if you uh support us on patreon so check that out or not whatever you want uh without further ado here is my talk with Juanita Broderick. All right, guys, we're here with Juanita Broderick, the author of the new book, You Better Put Some Ice on That. And for anybody who isn't familiar, she is the woman who has very, very credibly accused former President Bill Clinton of of rape. Um, Juanita, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, thanks for asking. Absolutely. So, Let's just let's go all the way back, and obviously I don't I don't want you to relive that day. Um, so without getting too graphic, um, for the listeners that may not be familiar with your story at all, um, take us back to April 1978. Um, what happened? Uh, just prior to that, I was working in Bill Clinton's campaign for governor, and when he visited my nursing home on a campaign tour, 
I began to talk to him uh, about Jones was having. And I'll do this briefly. And he said, you know, if you're ever in Little Rock, we need to get together and talk about this. And I said, well, yes, I'll be there in about three weeks at a nursing home seminar. And he said, well, just call my office. So my nurse and I went down to the seminar. When we got there, after we got up the next morning, uh, we called his office. And the young lady gave me a number to call. So I called that number. And he answered. And I told him, I said, could we possibly come over at noon and talk to you? I brought all, I brought all the information that you wanted. And uh, he said, uh, no, I'm not going to be there today. He said, why don't I just come to your hotel now? And I thought, listen, I thought that was great, you know, that I didn't have to go clear across town. He was going to come over to me. And so he said, I'll call you when I get to the coffee shop and we'll meet down there, the coffee shop at my hotel. And so I told Norma Rogers, the young nurse that was with me, I said, you go on to the meeting and sign us in. And as soon as I get through with the, at the coffee shop, I'll be right there. So in a little while, I waited in the room. He calls, and he said, you know, it's so crowded down here, and there's reporters. He said, can we just talk about this and have coffee in your room? So I ordered coffee to the room. Listen, I wasn't afraid. I'd never been alone in a hotel room with a man that I didn't really know, uh, but this was the attorney general of the state of Arkansas, and I wasn't frightened at all. Right. So I ordered coffee the room and shortly he came up and uh, 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 when I first opened the door he was standing in a dimly lit hallway with his sunglasses on and that should have been a tip off to me right there but I just thought it was strange and ushered him on in and things went from bad to worse and at one point he grabbed me started kissing me and then forced me back on the bed and I started screaming and every time I got loud, he began to bite my upper lip. And there's, when people say, oh, this isn't true, yes, this was a brutal rape at the hands of Bill Clinton. And after it was over, I was sitting up on the side of the bed crying. This man got up, straightened himself, and looked at me and looked at my lip, which was swollen twice the size of a normal lip and bleeding and he calmly puts on his sunglasses and motions to my lip and says you better put some ice on that and walks out the door wow the no no remorse no none nothing just dead dead pain Cold. and seemed to be frustrated that i was crying and upset just calloused wow that is that is truly amazing. I mean, that is that is a sociopath. That is absolutely oh, 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 sociopathic behavior. Wow. So um, a- after this happened, um, when was the, na- the next time that Bill Clinton contacted you? What Over the years, um, what contact did you have uh, with Clinton? Well, evidently I saw that I wasn't going to get much help from him. So, I mean, I just put my head down, went to work, and tried to make my business. I owned the nursing home. And I tried to make my business the best that I could and worked hard at it, trying, trying to forget the horrible events of that day. And then in 1984, and I still have it, I got a letter from Bill Clinton from his office, the governor's office, congratulating me for winning the Best Nursing Home in Arkansas Award. I mean, I worked hard at it. And across the bottom, he 
scrolled. I mean, this had been five years since I'd had any contact from him. And he scrolled, I admire you very much, Bill. And I looked at that and I thought, my God, he's thanking me for being quiet. Incredible. It, it, it was, you know, and I still look at that letter thinking, what a, 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 a horrible person. Uh, and then in 1991, I was down at another nursing home meeting with the same nurse that was there with me before and her sister, who was also a registered nurse. And in the middle of the meeting, just before noon, a gentleman comes to the door and says, you're wanted in the hallway. He said, Juanita Broderick is wanted in the hallway. And I thought it was some emergency from home. And uh, uh, so I get up and leave and go out, and the nurses follow me shortly thereafter. And the gentleman points down around the corner uh, by an elevator and said, you're wanted down there. So I was frightened, you know, and I walked down there. And as I rounded the corner, there stands Bill Clinton with two of his bodyguards. And he sort of rushes over to me, tries to take my hand, and I back away. And he says, I'm just so sorry for what I did. He said, I'm a changed man. I'm a family man. And all of this garbage just kept rolling out of his mouth. And I just sort of stood back and looked at him and said, you go to hell. And I walked off. And by the time I got back to the nurses who were standing there, they couldn't hear what was said. But they said, what did he want? And I said, he apologized for what happened so many years ago. And we were just all in disbelief. And even we, we stopped right then, went on a lunch break, and we sat at the table and we looked at each other and said, did he really mean it? Is it possible that he's really remorseful? Well, it just so happens a week later, he announced he was running for president. And I was just a loose end he was trying to tie up. Right. Yeah, that timing is just incredible. Um, Another moment that you detail in your book um, that is really, really startling and disturbing um, was the contact you had with Hillary Clinton, or I believe around the same time. Right, right. Well, when I was working in his campaign, I had helped arrange a fundraiser at my friend's home, uh, Buddy and Dr. Uh, Dr. Buddy and Betty Criswell. He was my dentist, and, and Betty and I played tennis together. They had this gorgeous home on the mountain near here. And uh, I asked them if we could have the fundraiser there, and they were just excited about doing it. So I was instrumental in setting up this fundraiser, but that was three weeks after the rape, and I knew that I couldn't I couldn't attend. And so I called Betty, and I said, I have information for you. I'm going to run it up before the meeting. And what happened was I got there, gave her the information, and was about to leave, and my friend who had driven them from the airport rushes over to me. Uh, he was a local pharmacist, Charles Watts. And he says to me, good gosh, he said, the conversation all the way from the airport was the Clintons asking me information about you. Man, I froze and I thought, I have got to get out of here. But about that time, here comes Hillary Clinton straight to me. And she comes to me and... You know what I thought as she was walking toward me? Here comes that poor woman that's married to that horrible monster. And I began to feel sorry for her. And she was so nice and cordial and took a hold of my hand and said, 
I just want you to know how appreciative Bill and I are for everything that you do in this campaign. I could have just nodded, but I dropped her hand and I started to walk toward the door. And it was at that time someone from behind grabs me. And I thought it was somebody going to say, why are you leaving or are going to tell me goodbye? And I turn around and it's Hillary. And she has this tight grip on my arm and she pulls me down to her and she doesn't have a smile on her face anymore. She has a very angry, angry look. And she pulls me into her and she says, do you understand everything you do? I mean, I, I could have fainted. And I jerked my arm from her and I left before oh the fight began. She was, I mean, I'm sure you got the message she was, she was sending at that oh moment. Oh my gosh. Yes, I got it. You know, it's just a shame that nobody heard it because of the way she pulled me in close to her. I mean, with, with that tone and with that threatening tone. My God. That, it, it really is. It, it really is incredible. Um, and I want to get to well, a lot of the, the stuff going on um, more recently. Um, but first, uh, I, I just have to ask, what was going through your head first when, when Clinton was elected governor of Arkansas and then in, in 1992, when he was elected president, I, I can't imagine the, the emotions, the, the, the things going through your head on, on those two nights. Um, what, what were you thinking? I, had to, well, I, 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 I just kept thinking, why didn't I come forward? But I knew why I didn't come forward. I, I knew it was the same as these Schneiderman women. When one of them said, what do you do? When, the most, when your abuser is the most powerful law enforcement official in the state. That's, what I, that's the same predicament I was in. Bill Clinton's uh, uh, office as attorney general regulated my nursing home, and then more so when he became governor. I, I was just between a rock and a hard place, and there was nothing I could do. No one would have believed me back then. Right, and it was the the late seventies. It was a completely different world back then. Um, it was so much more difficult for women to be taken seriously yeah. when they did go public. There was no Me Too movement in in nineteen seventy eight, um, and I, I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. The 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 time we're living in now with the the Me Too movement, um, it, it's obviously been amazing for so many women to be, feel comfortable enough to to come forward with their their stories of sexual assault. Um, and, and the left always says, you know, believe all women. All, all women should be believed. But what they really mean is all women should be believed except for Juanita Broderick. <laughs> I really think that's, you know. the victims. You know, they've never acknowledged us. They've never included us in the Me Too movement. But we were Me Too long before it was cool to be Me Too. Right, right. Uh, but it, it's just sort of a liberal Hollywood movement. There was even... Uh, a meeting about three months ago, four months ago, that Tarana Burke, the founder, the original founder of Me Too, had. And one of my supporters went to that meeting and asked why they never talk about the Clinton victims. And she was promptly removed from the meeting. Wow. Wow. It, it, it really is incredible. Um, you know, yeah. I, I don't know what to, I don't even know what to add to that. Um, yeah. yeah, it is a beautiful thing that the internet is around now, and the internet has allowed your story to get the attention that it deserves. Um, 
because there's no gatekeepers anymore. I mean, obviously you were stonewalled. Right. You were stonewalled by the mainstream media for for a long time. Um, I believe only Fox News has even brought you on. I don't. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think you've even been on on uh, you know ABC, NBC, CNN, MSNBC, or, or any of those outlets. I've been on CNN. Oh, you have. Only primarily to ask me what I thought about the Trump allegations, the women that had Trump allegations. And uh, back during the election, Jake Tapper had me on, and he started the conversation by saying, you know I've always believed you and had faith in um, Lisa Myers, and, and I'm sorry, you know. But then immediately goes in to the allegations at that time about President Trump. They didn't want to know about mine. You know, he just qualified it like that. And then about two months ago, uh, I had an interview with S.C. Cup, and it was the same thing. She was very sympathetic to what I'd gone through, but mainly wanted to know what I thought about the allegations that women had brought against Mr. Trump. Which there really is no comparison between these allegations. There's no comparison. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about, you know, yeah. making off-color comments or cheating on his wife. I mean, I'm not saying that President Trump is a, a moral guy. I mean, I wouldn't want him to be my pastor. Or, or, yeah, we didn't or, hire him to be our pastor. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, you know, sleeping with a porn star is not comparable to, to a brutal rape. Uh, I don't really—maybe if you were a, a porn star, Juanita, the uh, mainstream media would give you a lot more attention. <laughs> That's what I said on Hannity one night. And, you know, we— <laughs> Kimmel brought on Stormy Daniels and compared it to Trump bringing Bill Clinton's victims to the second debate. That was disgusting. You can't compare those two. No. No, you absolutely can't. Um, I'm just glad that that you do have, obviously, you know, Twitter, um, you joining Twitter had had a big impact. Um, You kind of all hell broke loose after that. Um, but you do have these platforms uh, online and, and with within new media that uh, you know they can't nobody can stonewall you anymore the, the way they used to. Um, so that is that oh, is no, no. definitely huge not it's only for you but for right and not not just you but for other women as well. Um, I'm glad that that everyone does have a platform to get their story out there now. Right, and I wouldn't have that were it not for Hillary making her statement at the end of October that you know sex abuse victims should come forward and be believed and we're with you and that's when I just went ballistic I've been quiet for 18 years and here comes Hillary Uh, that coming out of her mouth was the most ridiculous mistake that she ever made and so I had to get my grandson to teach me how to use Twitter he didn't (laughs) know what I was tweeting and I finally got the hang of it and I tweeted that tweet that I first did and it went viral instantly. My phone started ringing off the wall. I had no idea the power of Twitter. And the phone started ringing off the wall. The, about the third call was from my son. And he said, Mom, what did you do? And I said, I have no idea. <laughs> and I did. You know, I had no idea of the power of Twitter. And I haven't let mm-hmm. up since. Right. And I, I can't imagine what was going through your head hearing Hillary Clinton say that. I mean, I, you must have, oh you must have damn near had a heart attack. That is just incredible oh to come God. out of her mouth. And then, yeah, and then a week later, after my tweet went viral, 
she removed you have a right to be believed from her website wow wow it really is it really is amazing and uh, honestly i think you did have um during the campaign i think you did have an impact on a lot of voters you know i think there's a lot of people that that do yeah, believe I, you we did. Yeah. right and yeah i really did and and i and i had to really uh, decide whether to go to that or not I, ha- I was in Washington for the Breitbart interview, and the night before when I was on a plane coming back home is when Mr. Trump's people called and said he would like to have you as a guest, and I really had to think about that. And my son had just heard the Hollywood Access tapes, and he's an attorney, and he said, oh, Mom, you just can't go to that. Uh, those tapes were horrible. And I said, well, we're just going to have to agree to disagree because we've been told to be quiet and go back in the woodwork for so long. And this is our opportunity to come out again. Right. And I think you definitely made an impact. I think a lot of voters, you know, understood that you were telling the truth and, and they look at the Clintons as a whole, you know, they, they see your story and then they see Hillary Clinton's best friend's husband, uh, Anthony Weiner, go to jail for, for pedophilia. And they, they take a step back and they think, who the hell are these people? Like, who are these people? Oh, yeah. who, who are the people that Hillary Clinton is surrounding herself with? Her husband's a rapist. Her, her best friend is married to a pedophile. People are like, I don't know. I don't have people like this in my life. And if I did, I wouldn't be caught dead within 100 miles of them. You know, so oh. I think it was kind of eye-opening for a lot of people. Like, wow, we really don't want a person like this in the White House again. I know. I know. I think it... I think it when we showed up, I think it made a big impact, and it really made an impact on Bill Clinton. If you've seen that picture of his eyes all bugged out when we walked in the debate, right? I, I, I am very happy that that was caught on camera. Um, certainly, um, yeah. I, I, I think you, you you can be proud of the impact that that you guys did have. Um, it, it is always good just when the truth comes to light. And it, the yeah. fact that you were silenced for so long is just disgusting. The way you were treated by the media um, it w- was just disgusting. And, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that you were able to uh, to get your story out there. And uh, the new book is fantastic. Um, you should put some ice on that. Um, you get it on Amazon right now. Um, and you, you self-published the book, correct? Yes, I didn't have anyone that was interested in publishing it, so I self-published it. Uh, there's no one w- what did the cons- publishing houses so, sorry to cut you cut you off Juanita. what what was your interaction with the publishing houses I cannot believe that one of them wouldn't want to publish this oh no they didn't at all they they did not want anything I thought it was so necessary to bring up who I was where I was and how I struggled as a young woman and a young nurse and a young business entrepreneur and how Bill Clinton affected that and uh, they only wanted my life after Bill Clinton. That is just an insult. That is a huge insult. Yeah, I mean, you're 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 so much more as a human being than a rape victim, and the story doesn't make sense unless they they understand who you are as a, as a person. That is that's incredible well, that they would say that to you. Right. Well, I you can that's tell exactly that it's self published. Exactly what I thought. <laughs> I, I I like the the style of the book. I, I'm glad you self published it because you know. There was nobody telling you what to do, so you were really able to tell your story in an unfiltered, straightforward way that I think will connect and is connecting with a lot of people. Yes, thank you. I, I'm proud of I'm proud of the book, and it's called You'd Better Put Some Ice on That, and you can get it on Amazon or at my website, 
JuanitaBroderick.com. All right. And where can everybody find you on Twitter? I'm sure everybody, if they don't already, uh, is, is dying to follow you there. Okay, it's at a tennis nut. I play tennis a lot. <laughs> In fact, I'm watching the French Open now. A T E N S N U T. All right, everybody, follow Juanita. Everybody, check out the book. It is really great, and we really appreciate you for taking the time. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me on. All right, and we will be back on Monday. No gimmicks. Uh-huh.